is up, my friends? This is Jason Lanier with Jason Lanier Unfiltered. I cannot tell you how excited I am to be back with you guys. It has been a very, very long time, whereas the kids nowadays would say it's been a minute. Um, I get taught all these interesting words by the youngsters of today. Sus, cap. I mean, all this stuff that they teach me is pretty is pretty funny. Um, it's been forever since I've done a podcast. I mean, I checked today. This is episode, what is this today? Let me check my little show notes here. I actually wrote them out because I want to do a good job. <laughs> so I'm. this is podcast episode 28. And when I went and checked today, it's been a freaking year. Can you guys freaking believe that? Now, because it's been a year, I'm going to do completely commercial-free podcasts. So if I screw up, it's just make it in, making it into the podcast, kind of like I just screwed up right there. But it's just making it into the podcast. I hope you guys enjoy this. I hope you love it. Um, and let me know your feedback. Go to jasonlanier.com slash podcast and let me know what you think. Like I said, I'm not going to cut it, so you're going to listen to when I take drink breaks. <laughs> no, I promise not to leave for too long, but no, I'm not going to leave the microphone. But if I got to take a drink break or if I got to, you know, look at the birds out, out of the window from my office, then I, I might just do that. But regardless, this is going to be a really fun episode because I'm I most people know me for being a real positive guy and I'm about inspiration and cheerfulness and, and clearly I'm happy to be beat. Be, 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 be. Just, just this is what you get when I do it uncut. Clearly, I'm happy to be back doing a podcast. It just brings back so many fun memories of all the podcasts that I've done over all these many years. And you know, as I speak right now, one thing I'm telling myself is slow down, Jason. Slow down. If I slow down, I won't make mistakes. I can speak, I can speak more articulately like this. I can be much better, I can be a much better speaker. <laughs> Clearly, I'm not doing this uh, as well as I should, but um, I, I even have some sound effects that they've put onto this podcast form that I use, that I subscribe to. Um, they got a bunch of funny ones here. You guys can cheer for me. Um, you know, just it's, it's all in my head, of course. Maybe I'm just talking to myself, but hopefully there's enough of you guys still listening to these podcasts that you enjoy it. When I check my statistics today, I've been paying for the subscription service that I do this with forever. And you guys are still listening to the podcast, which is great. I was actually really surprised at how many of the older episodes you guys are still listening to. And so because of that, because of your beautiful, beautiful loyalty, I am going to pay you back as best I can with today's podcast. So this will be uncut, commercial free. I don't need I don't need the little ad revenue that comes along with the podcast. Um, so uh, I'm just happy to be here with you guys. And so as I was starting to say... Uh, most people know me to be a really positive, inspirational kind of a guy. And and yes, I am that. So people do ask me, are there things that bother you? You're always so calm. You're always so collected. Um, and so um, clearly, I, I am an excitable guy. I, I clearly, even speaking to this microphone, um, I'm an excited person um, who loves to express myself. But yeah, uh, I get down and stuff bothers me. And so this podcast is about the 10 things... I hate about photography, the 10 things I hate about photography, but most importantly, what I, what I do to cope with these things. What do I do to cope with the things that I freaking hate? Because, you know, when people use that phrase, you know, do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Bull crap. Whoever said that was selling somebody some snake oil. They were, that was a pipe dream and somebody else's marijuana bong. That was a joke. Okay. Because Yes, it's enjoyable what I do. I love what I do. But to say that it's not work, dude, you're smoking some serious chronic. I mean, you are crazy to say that it's not work. And I'm not saying that like clearly photographers and creatives work hard, but there are things that we hate. Unequivocally, there are things that we hate about our jobs. Even when you work for yourself, there's things that you hate about your job. And so I wanted to to share those things with you today. And again, the things that I do to cope with them. And there's 10 things that I have. They're in no particular order. Um, but uh, but I, I hope you guys enjoy this podcast today. I really do. Again, drop me your feedback at jasonlinear.com slash podcast. Let me know what you think. And if you guys like these, then, you know, I'm going to continue to do them. Um, but, uh, you know, as life gets busy, 
And, uh, you know, uh, so many times people write on my videos or they write on my posts or whatever. Jason, thanks to you and your team. Thanks to this and that. Um, and I do have some amazing people that I've worked with over the past year and many years for that matter. But I've had some amazing people that I've worked with, uh, you know, Alyssa and Sophia and um, Christian, my man down in Ecuador. I smile when I think of that little dude. I love my little I love my guy down in Ecuador. But uh, but all of these things. And, and, and I've had people who've helped me and just some amazing folks in my life. But understand something. This is a one man show. I edit all my own videos. I edit all my own pictures. I do all of my own social media. I do all of my own podcasts. So it is a one man show. And because of that, it, it's it's a lot. It really is a lot to try to keep all of this moving in synchronicity. And so um, regardless, I'm super excited to be back on here and doing this with you guys. Uh, so I'll give you guys a quick update on what I've been doing for the past freaking year. And then we'll get on to the 10 things I hate about photography and how I cope with these things. So, see, I slowed down and now I am much more articulate with my speech. See? See how that works? That's that's something that you are taught and you act, you practice as a speaker, as a public speaker. So, if you just kind of slow down and let your brain, let your mouth catch up to your brain, then uh, usually things end up turning out in the positive column of your presentation. So... Um, I'd remember that when I did my TED Talk. In fact, I haven't even mentioned my TED Talk that I did a year ago. It was almost a year. It'll be a year and like five days that I did my TED Talk. And you guys don't even know about that if you're only a podcast listener because I didn't talk about that in any podcast because after the TED Talk, I didn't do another podcast. I got busy with life. Life got crazy. So anyways, updates, updates. Dun, 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 dun. See, I don't think they have a little dun, 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 dun sound effect. They only have, I'm looking up, they got some weird ones like, Lightning and thunder and a bell. What's this bell one? No, 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 no. I don't need to go back to school. Sorry about that. So they got cheering and they got lightning bolts and people and what is this? Okay, that's like X, X file stuff. Okay, I'm gonna leave that alone. Okay, so uh, I gotta stay focused. Every anyone who knows me knows I can move around like crazy. So I am gonna stay focused. I'm going to slow my speech down and I'm going to do a good job at this podcast. I'm committed to doing a good job. So I hope you guys enjoy this. So with that being said, updates, steps. Am I doing my steps? It's funny. I used to post so much about my steps, the 10,000 steps a day. And to be honest with you, I thought people would get sick of it. Jason, we don't need to know about you and your damn steps. Go ahead, step your fat ass anywhere you want to step it. Go ahead, but we don't need to know about it. But, you know, as I tour the country and as I go other places, everyone, well, not everyone, but a lot of people that I meet ask me about it, which is super cool. Even though many times I look like a complete deranged person when I'm doing my steps. I mean, recently I was in, uh, we're in Kentucky. Alyssa, Sophia and I went into, we we went into her family restaurant because she's rich and those two are sitting at the table drinking and I'm walking around this big, beautiful restaurant doing steps. This is something that you'll see anywhere. I do it in IHOPs, anywhere, movie theaters. You want to get a kick out of things? If you see some crazy dude walking around in a fedora, walking around all of the steps during the trailer to a movie, that's yours truly. That's how I get my steps in. It's If you try to live a normal life, doing 10,000 steps in a day... When you're somebody who edits a lot, it requires you to find some creative ways to be able to get these steps done. But that is a very long-winded way of saying, yes, I am still doing them. I haven't missed a day, my good friends. I have done 687 days in a row. And the things that the 10,000 steps a day, what it's really helped me to accomplish is in my journey, because I've lost over 100 pounds, as many of you might remember, um, it's helped me to not gain any weight back, even on the times where it's hard because when you're traveling and on the road, it's very difficult. It's very difficult to eat, to eat exactly what you want to eat. And many times you're eating when you don't want to be eating or not eating when you want to eat, so on and so forth. And so because of that, yes, um, I've done my 10,000 steps a day. Uh, again, if you see some crazy per person walking around in a fedora, and you're wondering what in the world they're doing. And they're probably looking at their phone at the at the moment. And that's not because I'm on social media or whatever else. I'm on the Fitbit app watching. Because I'm a, I'm a crazy person at times. And that's me watching the steps go up. Every one or two steps I'm watching as I walk. 
because somehow it, it has this calming effect on me of seeing that progress. That, that, that tends to help my uh, chaotic brain uh, be soothed a little bit to understand you're getting closer to reaching your goal. So at any rate, yes, I'm still doing my 10,000 steps. Thanks so much for watching. Um, what have I been up to? The last freaking year, I've gone to Ecuador a couple times. I've toured around the United States. Uh, some of my events on my own, I've done some with Rotolite. I did a master of lighting with Rotolite. I've been doing photo walks and other stuff. And I'm, I've just had an absolute blast. I met so many of you out there who are probably listening to this. We had so many people show up for the master lighting tour. And uh, it's just such a blast to be able to do that with, with all of you. And I was so blessed to be joined by Alyssa and Sophia on that trip. Just two amazing people and creatives. I couldn't have chosen two better people to have on that trip with me. And we did that for two months. That was just incredible. That was um, what May through May, June. and We ended in early July. And then uh, I've been doing some other stuff, um, my own photo walks. I've been doing some photojournalism. That's another thing. I got really big into the photojournalism, um, going down to the border, doing some of this other stuff. And uh, I still want to get back to that and do that. That was a lot of what my TED Talk was about, was about some of that photojournalistic work that, I, that I've done. So that was a lot of fun. Um, I've, uh, and I've just been going into abandoned buildings and doing what I do. Mr. Mr. Crazy McGee over here. So I've had a lot of fun. Um, and uh, you guys who have followed along have seen some of this. And uh, yeah, I'm, it, the one thing to that note is if you're not seeing the videos, you know, algorithms, and I'm going to get into this in a minute, but algorithms on Instagram, YouTube, whatever else, I'm still producing content. So if you when sometimes I, I, I hear from people and they say, hey, I haven't seen your stuff. It's there. Just go check. I, I, I don't know what the gods do with these algorithms, but... Um, but it's still there, so definitely go and check on that, and you guys will see videos and reels and pictures and all, all that. So, um, and uh, you know, I've racked up a few feeding, speeding tickets uh, <laughs> along the way. I've racked up a few speeding tickets, uh, and maybe a di- couple different states. Um, but that's been the severity of my crimes. Um, it has been, it's been uh, relegated or capped at. Uh, at speeding tickets, so super super fun. Well, I, that's a lie. It's not fun to get a speeding ticket, but, um, but hey, you know, I got lots of places to be. I don't know what else to tell you. Um, I am also excited, guys. I have a workshop schedule that's going to come out um, in this month. This is November first. Yesterday was Halloween. Just dropped a Halloween special. Make sure to watch that on YouTube or Instagram if you haven't seen it already. But, uh, but yeah, um, I just did a, I'm doing a workshop schedule, the first full workshop schedule, um, in many years because of obviously COVID and all that, you know, Armageddon stuff. Uh, and so I am doing my first full workshop schedule around the world in 2023. So look for details on that. That's at jasonlinear.com slash register. You can find information about that. And I'm, I'm still doing Patreon. Uh, I, I have never stopped doing Patreon. So if you're interested in learning online with me, seeing how I edit, see all of that stuff, you can go to patreon.com slash Jason Photography. You can join me live on a Zoom session and ask questions as I edit and as I critique your images. Or you can also uh, watch when I post the recordings of those sessions. So if you're interested in that, make sure to go to Jason Linner or patreon.com slash Jason Linner Photography. It was interesting. One of the things that um, came up on one of these Patreon chats was someone said to me, hey, you know, I want to um, come to one of your workshops. And they were, I won't mention the, the person's name just because I don't have their permission. So I don't want to, but um, the person was saying, yeah, I go to Africa and all this stuff. And and I'd love to go to Africa with you. And she had described her Africa excursion. And I said, well, you know, just, just in all fairness, you know, when I do Africa, it's not in tour buses and you know, five-star dinners. That's not how I do what I do. I, I get into cars and I travel and I kind of explained it. And the people on the Patreon were like, well, Jason, yeah, that's what we want. We want that Jason Lanier experience. And I said, but do you, do you really? (laughs) They said, yeah, we do. I said, okay, well, I'm more than happy to oblige and help you out with some of that stuff. So anyways, guys, um, look on, be on the lookout for that. Just as a heads up, if you're listening to this, uh, I am going to be doing some events coming up here in Toronto. I'm going to Canada for the first time since COVID. 
Uh, so about three years, I'm going to the ProFusion convention, and I'm doing a photo walk and an event up there. So you can find all that information out at the uh, jasonlinner.com slash register. And I'm also doing an event here in Los Angeles uh, at the end of this week, November 6th. So you can uh, join me for that. So I'm going to take one of my most uh, much-anticipated drink breaks. Hold for one moment. Okay, let's get to it. The 10 things that I freaking hate about being a photographer and what I do to cope with them. You guys ready? Okay, I don't know if you guys <laughs> love or hate that thing, but it's giving me, it's kind of cracking me up, so I hope you enjoy it. All right, so number one, import times. I freaking hate importing images if you tell me that you're a photographer and you love importing images i just think you're a liar i don't believe you uh i hate it i absolutely hate it um the entire process especially if you're a mac user since they don't put any freaking you know uh card slot on their computers you have to have a separate dongle then you have to put your memory card in and then if you use now, please don't start with me, Sony users, with Capture One. I don't want to hear. I don't want to use Capture One. If you love it, great. I don't. So this is for most people who use Lightroom. But when you import your images through Lightroom, it's like Adobe, you know, flips you a middle finger and says, you know what, we're just going to make it slow just to make you want to, you know, jump off a cliff. Really? Because I don't get it. If you import your images... And you sit there and you just import them directly into Lightroom and you're having it read right to your hard drive and write them to your hard drive. It takes forever. I mean forever. I'm shooting with a Sony a7 IV, so 33 megapixels. We're not talking some massive Fuji GFX, which overheats like crazy. That's another thing I've done over the last couple uh, last year. Um, but it, it's not a Sony a7R4, which doesn't focus too well, but I, people have already heard me say that. And it's not even the new R5 with their AI that's coming out. I mean, in other words, it's not some 64 megapixel monster that takes forever. I'm using a MacBook Pro. It takes forever to import images. So how do I cope with it? I honestly, um, be the best way to do it, and this is not, I'm not the only person to know this, but if you do struggle with this and you hate it as much as I do, one thing that you can do is when you uh, plug your memory card into your computer, don't import it directly into Lightroom. Um, just Take the images, click on the you know the, click on the memory card, and find the image files, the raw files, and just copy and paste them over onto a folder onto your hard drive wherever you want to store the images. That is about three times faster than importing them directly into Lightroom because Lightroom's stupid. And so then once you've copied and pasted those over to your hard drive, then what you can do is inside of Lightroom, you can go to import the images, and then when you import them from there. Um, what it will do is give you the ability to um, just hit import the images, but you're just adding from that location. You're not copying them. And that saves an, an, an insane amount of time and sanity, lots of sanity. So what I tend to do is do that, and then I'll, I'll go do something, uh, you know, go cook a healthy choice, or I really can't call it cooking. I maybe warm up a healthy choice, but... <laughs> You get my point. Um, that definitely is is on the uh, the first thing that I hate about being a photographer, and it's something that we have to do all the time. So it definitely can be very very frustrating. Number two, export times. I hate export times. If you're exporting an entire wedding, again back to Lightroom. If you're exporting an entire wedding or a big event, you have multiple collections, or you're exporting a video file, which I do all the time. It can take forever. And so, um, and again, I'm talking for normal photographers. I know there's people listening to this that are going to tell me that they're, you know, Bill Gates's, you know, illegitimate kid. I don't know if he has one, but if he did, um, that they have all this, these supercomputers somewhere and they're able to import everything instantaneously. The world just works that way. Oh, by the way, another thing I hate, airdrop. I hate airdrop. I love the concept of airdrop when it works, but it only works about 10% of the time. But that's another that's another topic. So at any rate, what do I do to, to cope with the export frustration that I feel with Final Cut or Lightroom or whatever else? I do my steps. 
seriously. I'll seriously export um, an image file or a, or a movie, especially if it's going to take 20 minutes, and I'll go and do my steps. And I'll tell you what, it's pretty awesome because just that's one thing I do love about the steps, guys. And for those who are trying to improve their fitness, and if you know if you're like me and you have issues with your joints and you can't sit there and do really really hard workouts, one thing you can do is those steps, and it really is life changing. I'm not going to go on and on about it because I do think that people get sick of it. But one thing I can tell you is that if you take any time where you're just sitting around doing nothing and you contribute that towards moving around and doing steps, it will improve your health. And that's helped me a lot because I'm I'm the kind of person that doesn't like to wait for things. So when I'm waiting, whether it be the DMV, airport, baggage claim, export times on my computer, whatever it may be, I do steps. And that's helped me in two ways. It helps me do something constructive for my body physically, and it helps set my brain at ease. So I feel like I'm doing something because I have the kind of brain that feels in turmoil when it is not being productive. Lack of production is my is my insanity. It, it is it's my insane place when I feel unproductive, or I feel like something's not moving towards a bigger goal. Um, it really, I, I struggle with that. And so one way that I really work on that is the steps because I feel like, hey, it's exporting, it's taking forever, I hate the computer, I hate this, I hate that. Doing those steps helps put my mind at ease. It really does. And that's why I've loved doing it. That's why I've continued to do it. So just food for thought for those out there who may struggle with something like that. Number three, memory cards that fell. Okay, now some, again, now the, uh, the you know, the, uh, stepchild of uh you know Steve Jobs I don't even know if he has kids but you guys get my point these techie people out there who know everything about computers I'm not making fun of you guys I wish all of us had as much knowledge as you do but you're going to tell me use this use this use that use that whatever I'm telling you I haven't had a memory card company that has never failed on me I don't have one I don't care if it's Sony I don't care if it's Lexar I don't care if it's SanDisk I don't care if it's whatever I haven't had a memory card company that hasn't had a failure on me that's pretty catastrophic when you're out there shooting and your memory cards fail on you especially dude this freaking Sony a7 IV I love that camera but that mother freaking camera drives me nuts when a memory card you know abandons ship on that damn camera all hell breaks loose. I was shooting a uh, shoot with Alyssa and Sophia uh, in Louisiana at some abandoned chapel. Pretty awesome shoot. Black Wedding. You should check it out. And the, the freaking A7 IV stopped working just because a memory card. And then it kept saying, unable to read the memory card. Please reinsert. So then I reinsert the memory card. They say the memory card can't be used. Dude, I had to send this stupid camera into Sony just to get them to fix it. It's ridiculous. So how do you get around that? A, either I have a cursed A7 IV or that's a, that's a you know, reoccurring problem with many A7 IVs. I don't know, but it is, it drives me nuts. It drives me crazy. Unless I feel like I can only use one memory card in the A7 IV. <laughs> it drives me crazy. What would I do? What should we all do to get around failed memory card issues is always try and shoot with two cards. I, I hate doing it. I do. That's why I mentioned it. I hate shooting with two memory cards. I hate taking up the space. I hate all of that. But but it is what it is. I can tell you one thing that has really been beneficial to me is I used to go through a ton of memory cards because I would film all of my YouTube videos and all of that content on my Sony mirrorless. And so... Um, I've switched everything over to iPhone for uh, um, for my videos, whether it's and, and of course a drone, which is a DJI. But I've switched everything over to my iPhones for video uh, production, uh, iPhone 14 Pros. And so because of that, it gives me the ability to um, go through a lot less memory cards. So I really don't even need to change the memory card on my A7 IV. But man, does that drive me nuts! It drives me crazy. It drives me mother freaking crazy. Um, number four, locations, photographers in these damn freaking locations. We're so secretive. We pretend it's the Illuminati. We pretend it's Da Vinci's mother freaking code about locations. So we we're all secretive on these locations, right? That's one thing. It's one thing. If you do all the hard work and you don't want to tell people where something is fine, don't want to tell them, 
don't want to share, don't want to play with your toys in the sandbox, fine, I get it. But you know what? Don't be a D-bag and post false information on the internet, which leads people to wrong locations. That's being a D-bag. It really is. And that has happened to me. I I went out to shoot some abandoned um, drive-in movie theater in... uh, I can't even remember. Where was that damn thing? Mississippi or something. And there was information online. And that's how you know a lot of the people who, who like me, go and search some of these urbex locations. You, you go to some of the more blighted areas. That's one way to find them. And the other way is you, well, you look online and see what other people have found. Now, again, many people don't want to tell you where it is. And that's one thing. But when you purposely put bad information, that's really being... A very bad person. You should be spanked. Spanked severely. By the creative gods out there. Because. I was in Mississippi trying to find this drive-in movie theater. And somebody had a real charming sense of humor. They really did. They really had a really charming sense of humor. And this person put the address. To the police department. (laughs) Well, I'm laughing now. But damn dude. I was out there with a model named Anna and we went and we drove all the way out. We must have driven a couple hours to get into this, into this area and then to be driven and all the way you go is to a police department. Not fun. See, it's one thing if you look up these locations and you drive there and it's been torn down. It's not there anymore. Okay, I get it. You know, we're, We live in a gentrification world where everything needs to look pretty, which is complete bullcrap. How about our past? How about heritage? How about authenticity how about not just ruining everything so everything looks like a freaking uh, uh, carbon copy clone cutout good lord i'm tired of the way everything looks i was talking to Alyssa about this recently how how the freaking um everywhere you go it's like all the houses look the same it's boring it's boring we don't even have our architecture these days is not anything like it used to be it's boring as hell. You, I mean, we went and we were trying to break into the uh, Tennessee State Penitentiary. And there, some corporate bigwig had bought it out. I hate these corporations, by the way. But some corporate bigwig bought out the Tennessee Pen- State Penitentiary. And so all these people in suit and ties are going in, probably just to eat, you know, some cafeteria food in the um, former, you know, cafeteria of this penitentiary. Oh, jolly good. Oh, this is delicious food. Oh, yes. Meanwhile, there's real people like us. (laughs) Somebody's going to get offended at that. But there's real creatives who want to actually do something with that space. And we can't. By the way, this would be number 11 because I didn't even include this on the list. But how about these stupid companies who charge so much money to go into these locations because they're only charging for Hollywood. Meanwhile, us meager creatives out there who want to shoot some of these places and get into them, we can't. It's like 20,000 bucks. It's ridiculous. The greed. The absolute greed. And so I have no problem with capitalism, but I do have a problem with greed. And especially when you when you put a pause and you put a big dent into creativity. I am telling you, this world, as insane as it is, without creativity, will just be an absolute crap show and i'm putting that mildly it will be a crap show the world without creativity is a very dark place dark so if you continue to stifle creativity if you continue to stifle free speech if you continue to stifle the things that people do to build this world up this world will become a very dark place even darker than it is all right that was the bonus one okay (laughs) So what do I do to get around these 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 jackasses who post these bad locations and do it just to jerk around with people? Well, download the SiriusXM app on your phone or download a lot of podcasts. Hopefully mine is one of them, but download some podcasts because honestly, it can get pretty frustrating. Um, and one other little tip is typically the way that it works is... If there's one abandoned location, there's typically others that are going to be somewhat near that. So just keep snooping around. See what you find. You, you, might, find, you might find a gold mine. Um, social media, number five. 
trying to figure out these mother freaking freaking mother algorithms. Okay. If you're listening to this and this doesn't make you want to blow your brains out, I don't know what what won't because or what will because these things drive me insane. See, I I was saying this for years. For anyone who's listening to me for any extended amount of time, that fate once Facebook bought Instagram, it was doomed to fail because we all built on Facebook and then Facebook wasn't rich enough. So they just said F you and then they let our content go out to 0.5% of our audience. Then they bought Instagram and Instagram. Everyone was like, yay, here, let's do one. Everybody was Instagram was like this. And then I said, Instagram's going to do the same. Because Mark Efferberg, because man, that guy is a piece of crap. Mark Zuckerberg sat there and just said, hey, how can I be more? How many more billions can I possibly make? Oh, I don't know. I, I only have 50 billion. I really think I need 60. <laughs> Again, I don't have a problem with people making money, but some, of, I mean, it's just some, it's just, come on guys, it's ridiculous. Anyways, so social media, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out, oh, if I post at 6.59 a.m., is that better? If I post after a Sunday, oh, if I edit my post, does that ruin it? Oh, if I post at night, if I post in the day, if I post at midnight, if I, if I, if I do a dance on my tippy toes before I post, then that'll help it get more traction. Oh, if I boost a post, no, that doesn't work either. What can I do to make my social media work? Honestly, the truth is, just keep posting. It is such a lottery out there nowadays. Just keep posting and don't get discouraged. It's so discouraged. If you're anything like me, it's so discouraging to work so hard on a post, on a picture, on a video, on a whatever, and you post it and you're like, yo, like hardly anybody likes this. And you take it personally. You're creative. You're like, man, I worked hard at this. I I didn't think it was garbage. But it's not that, guys. I mean, some some stuff is pretty. I some stuff. Yeah, we, uh, let's just keep it real. I mean, some stuff is that some people post is is questionable. But the point I'm getting at is, if you post good content and you you've used you you've been used to getting traction and you're no longer getting a lot of traction, you are not alone. Is what I want you to know. It can be a very frustrating process to continually post and post and post. And you're like, and I, and I, and and some of the people that I work with, they struggle with this too. I mean, they're like, Jason, this person, when you post this person, when you post that person, you know, it's frustrating this person. And I'm like, and I tell them the same thing. I said, dude, it's not you. It's freaking Facebook. It's freaking Instagram. It's YouTube. And so, um, just keep that in mind. Just keep that in mind. And, you know, it is very interesting with Elon Musk just having recently purchased Twitter. It's very interesting because, um, you know, I don't know what he's going to do with Twitter, but it'll be interesting to see because if he opens it up and he says he's really going to let people see the algorithms, it is very interesting to to see and hear what those actually looked like. Um, because you heard about you hear about shadow banning and stuff like that, and if you think you have a good account but it's very getting very little traction, is that because the algorithmic gods out there have cursed it, have said? You shall not have followers. You shall not have likes. So just keep that in mind. Uh, Just keep posting and just keep creating. And and my fervent belief is that somebody out there who needs to see it will see it. And I do believe that. And there's so many times that I post that I'll get feedback, direct messages or comments on the post. And people say, man, I needed this today. And if you kind of go for that outlook, that approach with your posting on social media, I know it's frustrating and I struggle with it myself, but just create. Just keep creating, my friends. Just keep going. That's number five. Number six. Again, these are in no particular order. Packing up at the end of a shoot. Good goodness gracious, I hate packing up at the end of a shoot. It's either hot or it's cold and in all accounts, you're exhausted. So I hate it. I hate packing up. Um, and so what, and what I started doing when I was, well, what I did for a long time as a, as a photographer, and I think I'm not the only one who does this by the way, uh, or used to do it, but you know, a lot of us just huck all of our crap and it's not really packed up as well as it should be. So we either break it, lose it, stuff gets moved around. 
and you get home, and then and then by the time you drive home to your hotel or wherever you may be, you're even more tired. So how do I get around that? And this has really worked well for me. When I take, first off, I used to take every single piece of gear out that I planned on using. Well, then I ended up pulling out gear that I really didn't need because I didn't use it because I found another purpose, another objective, another directive for the shoot. So what I started doing is only taking out what I need at that moment. And then on top of that, it, let's say if I pull out two different kinds of lights, a Godox and a Rotolite, right? And I pull out the two lights. Let's say I get done with the Rotolite and I don't need it anymore. Um, I would just leave it normally sitting on a light stand or whatever else if I'm in the same shooting location, blah, blah, blah. Um, now I'll just put it away. And I'll put it away where it belongs, pack it back where it belongs. If I know that I'm done with it for the day or for that shoot location and I'm not going to touch again, I'll just put it back where it goes. And I've that's really helped me because... Or same with the light stand or, or a modifier. If I set up a modifier, if I set up a big, you know, octobox or something and I know I don't need it or a, a reflector, diffuser, whatever it may be, and I know I no longer need it for the shoot, let's say the lighting has changed, let's say whatever reason I don't need it any longer, I uh, start putting stuff away as I shoot. And, you know, I used to think, well, I don't want to stop the flow of the shoot. I don't want to stop shooting with the model. A lot of times it's a great break. You know, the model gets a two, three minute break while you put something away. And then when the shoot is done, um... It's great because you have a minimal amount of gear to put back. And more importantly, you're putting it back where it belongs. You're putting it back safe. You're, you're packing it properly. And then, um, and let's be real. I mean, when you're not tired or you're not in pain, like your legs don't hurt or whatever it may be, your back hurts from carrying around a backpack, backpack or whatever it may be, um, you're going to do a better job. And so as I'm putting stuff away, as I'm shooting, I'm doing a better job because it's less that I'm putting back each time. And it's also, um, I'm doing it when I'm in a better physical and mental state. So that's really helped me. That's really helped me quite a bit. So um, that's just a little tip. I hope that helps. And then when I get back to the hotel or my home, I love it. I really do. I love it because then I get back to my hotel or my home and I just drag my bags into my house and I'm done. I don't have a ton of things sitting in my Jeep or sitting in my truck or whatever it may be. You know, recently I did a shoot with Shalini um, out in the desert and, uh, I mean, it got dark fast and we were at an abandoned place in the middle of Palm that looked like some meth head's house. I uh, truly, it, it looked like that's where you drop bodies. And those are the kind of places, you know, I, I like to, to hang out. And so, um, you know, following this concept and putting everything away, it really made it better once we were, t- once it was time to go, especially since Shalini, if she's listening to this, Shalini, you know, <laughs> changed her flight and she's like, Jason, can I go home tonight instead of tomorrow? And we're Palmdale. Now, if you know where LAX is from Palmdale, it's like an hour and a half. She's like, can you get me back there on time with your driving? And I said, I don't need <laughs> I don't need any more speeding tickets, sister. Thank you very much. And so um, it was good that we were packing up along the way because then everything was accounted for. And over the years, I really have broken things because or misplaced things or something will get chipped or frayed or whatever it may be because I didn't put things away properly and or if nothing got broken or whatever else when I get home if I'm very very tired or in a lot of pain um, I'll leave stuff in my car which isn't very smart when you're leaving expensive gear in a car so I no longer do that I now take things in and so on and so forth and so that's that's one tip and I hope it helps some of you guys and ladies out there all right so what's next on my list Number seven, travel requirements as a photographer. I mother freaking hate that we are held to such different traveling restrictions or requirements versus a normal traveler. Now, again, if you're Hollywood, if you're going to film Lord of the Rings and you're going to go fly 100 people into 1,000 people into New Zealand to go, you know, kick it with the Hobbit, that's fine. The, the country, the municipality, the whatever should make a good amount of money on you because that movie's going to make a billion dollars. Okay? But if you're a little dude or a little gal like me and you love just being a little creative out there and doing what you do and then they're slapping these huge restrictions on you to travel into their country and work in their country... And they, they want these, these visas and everything else that are just uh, really prohibitive. 
very difficult. A, they're not. It's not just the expense. It's the it's the difficulty in atta- obtaining them. And you're like, dude, I'm going to come to a convention for two days. I, I'm going to meet some photographers. We're not some multi-million dollar company. Yet. We're just photographers. We just love taking pictures and making people happy and creating stuff. That's all we do. I had a funny story on this. I went into a, a certain country. I won't say which one, but I went into a certain country many years ago with my buddy Vanden. Rest in peace, my my good man. And uh, I went in with Vanden. Now Vanden is a he was a a big boy hillbilly. I mean, he he really was. He called me Hollywood and I called him Hillbilly. Those were our nicknames for each other. So I don't say that in a uh, derogatory way. Those were our nicknames for one another. And um, we went went into this certain place and they were looking at us. And just because I had a backpack with me, no other gear, but just a backpack with me, this customs agent was giving me the third degree as to what I was doing in the country. Now, when I, I don't lie... I don't tell them that I'm there to sell roses or there to, you know, go to the running of the bulls. I tell them I'm here to take pictures. I'm a photographer. It's what I do. Where are you going to sell any of these pictures? I don't know. I mean, honestly, when you go and you take a picture of the, the rolling hills of, of Scotland or some the, the pyramids of Egypt, to make money on any of those prints, to actually make a profit back from selling a print from what the cost is to go there, good luck, mother freakers. Good luck. That's why I have such a problem with these countries doing this because we go there just because we love it, even though many times it's a losing proposition from a financial standpoint. That's just a fact. Ask anybody who's traveled as a photographer. Those are some stone stone cold facts. Okay, So we go there because we love it and we just want to see it and we want to capture it. And if by some Haley's Comet chance we sell something from it, we're still not going to be ahead. Well, anyway, I'm there with Vanden, and they're giving me the third degree just because I have a backpack on. And finally, he says, well, who is this? Is this, is this your assistant? See, now you guys are a company. And it was so funny. I just looked at the guy dead in the face. I said, he's my boyfriend. <laughs> you should have seen Vanden's face. You should have seen it. Classic. He's laughing from heaven right now because he knows it was funny. And he looked at me, and I just looked at him like, Vanden... We are more than brotherly love right now, okay? And then I just I just put my arm around him, and he, he smiled his big country boy grin. And the customs agent kind of looked at us like, really? And he let us through. So the lesson from all of this is truly, how do I cope with this? A, you can take a big, handsome man with you somewhere and claim he's your significant other. Or B, which obviously that's not really going to work. I did it, but... I wouldn't count on it, um, on it working again. Pack as little as you can, I guess, is the bottom line. When you take a lot of gear, you're going to get asked a lot more questions. I was in Dubai. Just the amount of batteries that I brought with me flagged me. Just the amount of batteries. I was in Ethiopia. Just the fact that I had an, a Leatherman with me flagged me. Anything that you do when you travel with any sort of larger amount of gear, try getting into Cuba with a lot of gear. It is tough. It is tough as hell. So the best thing I can recommend is travel with as little gear as possible. Just take what you need and nothing, nothing more. To that end, number eight is traveling with gear as a photographer. It's frustrating because they limit you on your lithium batteries, which everything is a lithium battery these days. Everything, right? Uh, gone are the days of double A's. I mean, it's just from our lights to our cameras to everything. It's, it's lithium batteries. And then they say, you can't check lithium batteries. So you have to bring it on board, but then they limit our carry-ons. Well, if you got a Godox 8600 and you got an extra battery and then you got some rotolites, the two V mount batteries, and then you got a couple camera bodies, you could easily have a backpack full of just batteries. That's tough. That's a tough place to be. Okay, so what I really recommend is when you're traveling, A, travel with as little as you can, as I said before, but even more importantly, and I'm not going to say that, uh, you know, when I when I pack my rollers and stuff, I leave them in there and I take the risk. I'm not going to lie. I take the risk of them pulling the gear and saying, hey, this has lithium batteries. But honestly, I have been doing that for years 
There's no other way for me to possibly do it. And honestly, back to Hollywood, I don't believe for one freaking minute that they make a Hollywood production company take all the lithium batteries and keep them on board in the cabin. I don't for one minute believe that. Not for one. So my lithium batteries, for the most part, are checked because there's no other way for me to possibly do it. I have two carry-ons. I have my backpack and I have my, my computer bag because my computer bag has my hard drives, has my computer, has how I'm going to function as a business on the road. And it also has the, um, in my hard drives to be able to import images and work, right? So that has to be with me. And then I take as much camera gear as I possibly can in that backpack. Usually it's three or four lenses, a light or two, usually like a smaller light, like a Godox 8200 or a Rotolite like a Neo 3, something like that. And and I mentioned, and, and, and two camera bodies usually, and I can fit that in a, in, a, in a backpack. And the reason I mentioned that is because with, um, is because I always, I have had my gear lost, or excuse me, my check bags lost. Now they've usually been found, but I had one story where they lost my check bag and it was in Russia. No joke, not, not joking. They, it was kept in Moscow for a month. Um, that was my big roller bag that I, that was checked that had gear in it. That was in Moscow, lost and found. I'm shocked. I got that one back. I had to drive down to a warehouse and yell at Delta to get it back for me. Um, and that took a month to get back. Another one was, um, every time I've gone to freaking Sweden, Sweden loses my gear like crazy. Every time I go to Sweden, they lose my gear every time. And so, um, um, I guess the biggest advice I have is that I, that I say to myself is when you go to a place, always think what happens if they lose my gear? Can I do a minimal shoot if needed? And that informs how I pack. It informs what I take because if I at least take enough to be able to shoot, then I'm in a good place. At least I can do a bare minimum because a lot of these places I go, I'm speaking, I'm presenting or I'm shooting. So if I have a shoot to do, I may not have all of my lights because if they lost them, that's not my fault. But I still don't want to show up to a client and say, hey, I can't do anything. So at least if I have one or, you know, one or two smaller lights that I can, you know, again, it's not going to be my big lights, my big modifiers, but I can get by. I can still do some stuff. That's how I try and pack so I can make sure that I can at least get something done. Number nine is getting paid. Um, Everyone wants something for free, right? I'll send you gear for a review. Wait, so let me get this straight. I'll do a commercial for you and I get to borrow some gear? Let me get this straight. I'm going to um, do a free commercial for you. I'm going to spend my time shooting it, testing it, editing the videos, editing the pictures, putting it all together, uploading it, sharing it with my followers, and I get to borrow gear? <laughs> you know, I don't I don't know, but I I just think that you're screwing me. Oh, that's right, you are. Oh, you're worth millions of dollars, X company, but you want the little guy, the little girl to just do it for free? Oh, I'll pay you a higher commission. Oh, you mean you're going to go from 4% to 6 Yeah, knock your socks off. It's ridiculous, guys. It's ridiculous. Creatives get ripped off like crazy. If there's one industry in the creative realm that hasn't figured out how to monetize their quote-unquote influencer slash celebrity status, it's photographers musicians and i know there's a lot of struggling musicians out there but at least the musicians at the top are compensated you know uh painters um dancers all they're compensated well photographers we're still we're still struggling to figure out how to make money at this especially given the fact that from a professional full-time perspective our industry has been obliterated. Think about this. Our our industry has been obliterated because of the fact that, see, musicians and all these other folks, they aren't being replaced. It's maybe recording studios are being replaced, 
that's something that's being replaced by innovation and technology. But photographers are being replaced by technology because anybody can pick up something and go take pretty awesome pictures nowadays with AI and everything else that's going on. In fact, Sony just announced the Sony R5. Somebody asked me, hey, you're going to do a review and everything else on it? I'm like, you know, I'm tired of making free commercials. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. And so just keep that in mind when you're out there, my friends. You know, oh, we'll give you, we'll give you, um, I'll, I'll post you on my social media account, say these big companies. Okay. I'll put you in this. I'll put you in a magazine. I'll give you a title. Why don't you give me a break? See, the photographers, the creatives out there that truly start to understand the whole way this works, and it takes a while, it took me a while, is you, you figure it out once you've been played. And that's when things start to click for you. And you start to realize, hey, the minute I ask to be paid for something, all of a sudden I'm persona non grata. Oh, I see. You only wanted me to do it for free. I get it now. In fact, you wanted you didn't want to compensate me for my work. You didn't want to compensate me for my time or anything. So if I go and spend three, four, five days shooting a video, editing pictures, producing, posting, so on and so forth, I get paid nothing for that? That's a losing proposition. It's a losing proposition and it's something that a lot of companies do nowadays and they sucker people into it. I see models, for example, constantly get reached out to by, you know, clothing companies, accessory companies. There's another good example on, you know, oh, well, we'll send you gear. We'll give you commission. Not gear. We'll, we'll send you necklaces or jewelry or whatever else. Wait a minute. I'm going to go produce content for you and I may get a discount on the on the stuff. What are you smoking? Again, this is a huge hit off of a Cheech and Chong bong. It's ridiculous. We as creatives need to wake up if we're going to continue to be able to make a living. It's okay to do free work for experience. If you're getting experience, if you're working with someone who truly knows more than you, if you're doing something that you haven't done before, that's okay. But outside of those circumstances, and that applies to me as well, as experienced as I am, I still will do some stuff for free if I feel like there's a benefit to me. I'll give you a great example. You know, the guy who owns that Jeepers Creepers truck, he owns the Jeepers Creepers truck from the actual movie. He will. He has a full-on costume. He's an amazing guy. I love him, Troy. He's an, he's an awesome guy. And he and I are talking about doing some short films and stuff together. He has the truck. He has the costumes. He has all these things that 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 benefit me and I have the the cameras and the experience and the talent to be able to produce something that's a mutually beneficial proposition where both of us can creatively better ourselves but when you're in a scenario where somebody's offering you something we as creatives we're so eager to please and we're so eager to create and we're so eager for people to want us I don't care what you say as a creative. You want to be wanted. If you tell me you don't, then I just don't believe you. Because why else would you produce your work? You produce your work because you want people to want it. You want people to see your vision. You want people to enjoy what you love just as much as you love it. That's just a fact. So because of that, that's used against us. And so the only way to get around it is to put up barriers and to understand that this is what I can do for you. And this is what I need you to do for me. I can't work for free. Free doesn't pay my cell phone bills. It doesn't pay for my car. It doesn't pay for my insurance. It doesn't pay my rent. It doesn't. So you got to focus on those things. And, and, and one thing along those lines is never, ever, ever, ever as a creative especially as a photographer because that's what i know better than anything never ever ever build your business on somebody else's foundation never you can partner with a i'll give you a great example i partnered with a airbnb um, and i did all of their website for them i did their weddings i did everything uh this is seven, eight, nine, ten years ago. 
and I, I, I built their website for them. I managed their website. I produced their marketing material, their content. I did everything for them. And I, I took this from a, this, this was a historic bed and breakfast, but it was in bad shape when I found it and I helped build it up. And then that infusion of money and more weddings and everything else helped for that property to increase its status and to um, become a great success. Well, what happens the minute you've done that? They feel like they're in a great place. They no longer need you and you're too expensive. Well, if you've built your business, which at the time I did, I built my business at that point to where I had other photographers shooting under under my name at that venue. If you put your business and and you make it reliant upon that other business and dependent upon it, um, once they say, hey, we're good or hey, we're selling, that's what happened. They say, we're, we're selling the place. They knew where owners want to go in a different direction. So, wow. Wow. I, I put all of this into it and that's what I get out of it. So what I've learned over the years, and this it, that's not the only example I have. What I've learned over the years is never build your business on someone else's foundation. Build it upon your own. Focus on you. You need to look at other businesses as clients, not as partners. You, you need to look at other businesses as paid gigs, not favors. Because... They're not looking at you as a friend. They're not looking at you as a buddy. They're looking at you as a way for them to make money. And if you don't look at them the same way, you will be out out in the cold. That's fact. So I hope that helps some of you out there who are on this journey. Collaborations are great, but understand... I love creative collaborations where I'm, like I said, that guy with the, the creeper truck. We have a great collab, uh, creative collab, collaboration relationship because of the fact that we're both going into it for creative purposes. Now, if he takes the content that I produce for him and he markets himself and becomes something bigger, then I'm happy for him because the terms of our relationship are creative. They are not financial. So you need to define... When you're working with someone or especially another business, you need to define, are we, is this a personal relationship? Is this a business relationship or is this solely a financial relationship? And I would really recommend that people try and steer clear of those, of those partnerships where if someone decides that they're stepping away from the business or they're selling or they want to move in a different direction, whatever it may be, um, and you're going to find yourself in a bad spot. And um, keep in mind, this has happened for many, many years. I'll never forget when uh, I was a Sony artisan. I speak with other Sony artisans. Uh, we saw what Sony was doing with the Alpha Collective. Plain as day, we saw what was happening. They would pay a Sony artisan you know, for a day's work. We would go and speak at you know, like a convention. And we'd be there at the booth all day to answer questions. We'd get paid $1,500, right? And then they got the Alpha Collective. They got people with less experience. They got people with less um cachet less you know may, they may have a lot of followers but they didn't have a lot of experience and those those are just facts okay and so the alpha collective came along and that's not bashing the photographers it's it's the company that uses us okay and the alpha collective came along and i remember speaking with other sony artisans some that are still sony artisans who we all saw clear as day. Hey, man, we're getting paid this. They, they pay off a collective $150 to $200 to come stand there all day. We're going to be replaced. And you can at a moment's notice, just like that, be replaced by a company who, who decides that they no longer want you to represent them. So if you've, sir, if you've spent uh, the lion's share of your time promoting that business, promoting this, promoting that, and then they say, hey, we're good, you're too expensive... Um, where are you at? Where does that leave you? So for all of my creative friends out there, remember that. Remember that well. And don't assume that anyone is your friend when it comes to a business-to-business relationship. These aren't your friends. These are businesses. They're not your mom. They're businesses. They're not your best friend. They are businesses. 
And they are only looking at you in that way. They only see you as to how you can help build their business. They do not see you from a personal perspective. I don't care how many times we talk about family. I don't care how many times we talk about all this other stuff. They don't. So please remember that. Because for so many of you out there who are looking to aspire to do more things and get sponsorships and whatever else, those things are great. But put those guardrails on and understand that you're a business and they're a business. And if they want to use you, then you need to use them back. And I'm not saying use in a bad word. I'm saying make them pay you for your work. It's that simple. And as long as they pay you for your work, then you have no beef. Understand where you're at and go from there. Last but not least, number 10, frustration. For every shoot that works, there are so many that don't. That's just an honest truth. Um, I think something that I have to remind myself on, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure many of you out there can, can understand this, is there's so many times that we as creatives remember the good moments. We only remember you know, the epic shoots that we have. We only remember the epic, you know, videos that we produce or or, or works of art, whatever it is that we're creating. We only remember those things. We don't remember the journey and the struggle that it was to get there. It's so easy for many of us, whether it's a personal relationship or whatever it may be, we like to focus on the good, but we tend to forget the bad. We forgive the bad. And that's that's a dangerous place for all of us to be. So remember the struggle that it took. And, you know, it's funny, I, I find myself falling into this trap and I have to remind myself to to correct because what ends up happening is I look at my career and I say man those were the golden years those are the that, that was the best time of my career and then I, I sat back you know a little while ago and I thought you didn't know that at the time you didn't know that at the time you only knew you were still hustling like a hustler just like you are now so maybe you're going to look back at this time and think Wow, that was really the golden time right then. So in other words, don't get down. Remember that it's always going to be a struggle. And if you understand that, just like weight loss, just like working out, just like whatever is worthwhile in life, it will take effort. I'll never forget my first assistant said to me, man, I thought she she had worked with me for a while. And she said, I just thought it would get easier. It's just always a grind. And that's the truth. It is. It's always a grind. So if you understand that, then you can deal with it better and you can become a success and you can stay a success because I just take for granted, not take for granted. I just understand that it's always going to be that way. And the only thing that I can do is keep plugging away. End of story. What do the kids say these days? Full send. What do they say? Something like that. Well, I have gone. I'm looking at the the time counter here. An hour and three minutes nonstop. That's not too bad, huh? No breaks, nothing. I have a few show notes, but clearly I'm not reading this. This is not too bad. So I've enjoyed this. I hope you have all enjoyed this very, very much. I really do. Stay on the lookout for the workshops that are coming up. Stay positive. Even though there's all, even though there's a lot of things that we hate about the world of photography or about whatever we do in our daily lives, there are ways to cope with them and there are ways for us to get better and to do the things that we love to do to make our lives a success. So I love you guys. I hope all of you um, have a beautiful, fantastic day and a weekend. It's a weekend? What is it? Tuesday? It shows you I'm a true creative because I am just lost on my days. But if you guys want to join me at one of my events, come to jasonlanner.com slash register. Stay on the lookout for future workshops that are coming. I can't wait to see you guys and ladies at a future one. And uh, visit jasonlanner.com slash podcast if you want to hear earlier episodes, if this is the first one that you've listened to. And also on that page, there's a spot for you to drop uh, so comment uh, a comment or two and let me know what you think. Also, if you're listening to this on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you listen to your podcast, make sure to drop me a positive review. Let's keep it nice. And uh, I'll continue to do these. And, and hopefully this was beneficial for all of you. So thank you for sharing this time with me. I love you all. I'm super grateful f- to you and for you. And I love you. So until next time, keep shooting. Never give up on your dreams. 
Finder Killer works for you. And remember, you only have one chance to get it right. I'll talk to you guys later. Bye.